Happy Fando Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Fandalorian Club from Apocalypse Movies. We are here as my washer goes off currently. <laughs> there we go. It's Friday. Uh, we are here to talk some Star Wars. It is our Star Wars review show here at Apocalypse Movies called the Fandalorian Club. We are here every single Friday, 4 o'clock Pacific, right here. Uh, whether it is Bad Batch, Clone Wars, Mandalorian, future... Uh, Ahsoka, future Boba Fett, future all kinds of craziness. We are here every single Friday for Fan and Lauren Club. And today we are on episode six, decommissioned for the first season of The Bad Batch. And with me, um, just three of the four amigos today. We got Gio Ramos, we got Jacob Barley. What's going on, fellas? Yeah, the holy trinity of Apocalypse movies. <laughs> right now. I don't know if we're the holy trinity, but we're the OG trinity. We're the OG trilogy, yeah. yes uh doing pretty good man um yeah amc stocks they are going up and down and um it's giving me a headache other than that <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> why why is it giving you a headache because i don't know if i should buy more or you know sell or uh, not. i got you i got you, you, you. know got just you. it's it's i'm fairly new to this stuff so i need to become a stock guy because i want to make some money but well, that that's a that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Um, so Jacob, another how you doing, dude? Apocalypse. Stocks. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm as good as I can be, man. I, I know nobody cares, but my Lakers have been eliminated from the playoffs. Congratulations to all you haters out there. Um, but you know what? I didn't think they were going to win this year anyway. So no worries. I'm glad to talk some Star Wars, though. Wow, the confidence in the Lakers clearly wasn't there from the beginning. Wow, not for me, no. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to make it to the even like to the finals. So fair, fair. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, yes, we are here for some Star Wars. Um, we are going to be discussing Episode Six, decommissioned of the Bad Batch, was dropped earlier today. Uh, and what an episode we got, guys! What an episode we got! Some really cool things happened this episode. A lot of good action. Um, yes, a lot of really cool Easter eggs. Uh, some reappearing characters and some things that are definitely going to affect things that are going to happen very, very soon in this series. Uh, let's just kind of get into it and talk about our overall thoughts on this one. And then we'll get into some favorite moments and, and talk about something specifically. But um, Jacob, I'll, I'll go right back to you on this one. Um, just kind of overall in, impressions of, of this episode after you finished it earlier today. Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting to get accustomed to the this being like, man, I wait a whole week and I only get like 25, 30 minutes or so of an episode. But I guess that's kind of what happened with like early on WandaVision episodes and things like that. So it's not like it's well, different. Clone Wars too last year. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's just hard when it's like a 16-week schedule and then you have to wait a week in between. And like cool episode very entertaining but not a lot happens you know like obviously there's some big moments big information dropped but like it's not like we can dive into too much and you know but overall as the episode i really liked it because it was just like one big action scene really is, is what it was and that's a good thing because I he i've heard some people complain that we haven't been getting enough action i think we've gotten plenty of I thought we got a good amount of action so far. I agree. Uh, so, and this was just like a, a really cool, you know, fun episode. And obviously there's connections to past characters and things like that, that, that we've seen, which I'm excited to talk about, but it, it's a really good episode. I'm just like, man, that was it. And now I got to wait a week again. So that's all. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Chi, what about you? 
you know, real quick, Jake, when you asked us how we are doing, I should have answered. I started reading Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters uh, comics crossover <laughs> event. Did you read um, the first? Did you read the first issue? Yeah, because they um they only have one, right? And they, the next yeah. one comes out yeah. next month. Yeah, so I started reading that. No spoilers. I, Don't spoil it. I recommend it. Oh, wow. Say, I, recommend I gotta go pick that up. Woo! Yeah, I, I got it on uh, Jacob, Kindle. Jacob, I'll just say this. You'll flip your lid, man. Really? I swear oh. you will flip your lid. Yeah. Wow, I gotta go see if they still have an issue at the yeah. comic book store. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably <Yeah>. not. <laughs> but what you just asked me right now, going back to that, um, I thought, so it, it's funny. I, after the first five minutes, I thought, oh, okay, here we go. We're going to have a filler. This will be the filler episode for me, like the the the, the real filler episode. And uh, But as the episode kept going on and you started, you know, for me, seeing these new characters, I mean, I'll ask you guys about them. Um, seeing them and how they work with the Bad Batch, um I thought at the at the end of the episode was pretty cool, and um, I can't remember if I've ever seen like in Star Wars: Attack of the Clones. We saw droids being built and assembled, mm-hmm. but I can't remember if I ever saw droids be de- decommissioned. Right? Because what happens to no. all those droids? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, by the end of the episode, I was really really impressed with this one. Um, it was totally not a filler and uh, I'm sure we'll get into all of the details. Yeah. I, I definitely echo a lot of your guys' sentiments. I, I do. It, it is a bummer that we only get it once a week. Uh, like Jacob was saying, but it's also kind of a treat. Cause you're like, like, Oh yeah, it's bad batch day. Like, yeah, yeah. it's bad. And we get that for like 16 weeks, right? We get it for, for four months essentially is every Friday's bad batch day. Um, yeah. but as far as the episode goes, I, I thought it was one of the best, uh, this this season so far um i think i might have said last week that it was my favorite episode uh after the finale uh, it was a la- i think it was last week um i think this one is my favorite episode after the, after the the, the premiere the, right? episode, the premiere the yeah, premiere not yeah, the finale yeah. the premiere um i think this is my second favorite episode so far uh and there's a, there's a lot of things within it that i really enjoyed the action is awesome there's a lot of good action in there uh the story implications are very very important which is always big and she had mentioned filler um, it definitely felt like it at first, but then like, nope, like this is important stuff that's going to be happening. Um, you're not just seeing these characters uh, because they're, you know, going to be plugged in for an episode. They're going to be here for a little bit. We might see them for a couple episodes. Um, so I really appreciate that. And it, it opens up a lot of ideas that we're going to talk about here uh, of what happened in this episode with a couple different characters. Um, I don't know where you guys want to start. Uh, Stardew did already bring something up in the comments that we can start with, uh, which is obviously the big one, the very last moment of the episode, the last scene. Might be the biggest thing we could talk about right up top. Uh, So what happens here is that uh, the Bad Batch is officially working for Sid. They're they're sent on a job to retrieve a droid head, a protocol droid head. And um, they go to Corellia, which is a cool, I mean, that's cool and all, because that's where Han Solo is from. Mm -hmm. Very cool moment. Don't know what you're going to expect or or what to expect or what you're going to see. But we get there, they're at a factory, and we, like Gia mentioned, we're seeing all these droids decommissioned. And they run into a couple of shadowy characters who are stealing the droid from them. Um, And we we learn that it's Trace and Rafa Martez from Clone Wars Season 7. Uh, the two characters, the the the, gr- the sisters who were working with with Ahsoka um, in season seven of the Clone Wars, 
cool callback, cool moment. Again, bringing characters back uh, after using them for just so many times. And it makes sense the why they would be there um, after how they left off in Season 7. But at the end of the episode, after uh, Hunter gives them the information from the droid, uh, we see them talking to some figure who they are working for, and we don't know who that figure is. Um, it's it's left unsaid at this moment. Stargrew says, you know, these two ladies, were they working for Obi-Wan? Um, I'm ruling out Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't think that's actually the case. But there's definitely a lot of possibilities. The popular theories are both Ahsoka and Bail Organa. Um, those are kind of the two popular theories at the moment. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but um, just like we saw with uh, Fennec Shand, and we don't know who she's working for, now we don't know who the Martez, Martez sisters are working for either. Yeah, it's got to be... I mean, Ahsoka makes sense, right? Because they're, they're obviously working with somebody who's fighting against the Empire, right? So Bail Organa would make sense too, but we know that they know Ahsoka. And Gio, did you watch the last season of clone wars the whole thing see one of my notes was <laughs> mysterious third party <laughs> <laughs> okay you guys so have first answered of all, it so thank you <laughs> look i didn't even realize it was them until they fully took their helmets off at the end oh That's i recognize how... the voices right away yeah so i didn't realize it was them because i was like wait a minute i recognize i feel like i know these characters but i thought they were new at first and out but then i kind of forgot about them and then when they took their helmets off fully and I saw their hair, I was like, oh, my goodness. It's uh, the characters from the beginning of Clone Wars season seven, season seven. Right. Yes. And and then they so, were in, they were in episode five through nine is what. they. Yeah. Were. If you remember, sorry, you know, you, me and Brian, Jake, we were kind of like, oh, these episodes are cool, but like they're kind of little silly and like we don't know, like we didn't love them as characters at first. I don't think all three of us loved them as characters at first. And we kind of thought they were a little throwaway. Now that they're showing up here, it makes their appearance in Clone Wars Season 7 much more important. Because yeah. now they're the connection between the Bad Batch and Ahsoka and may maybe Ahsoka and maybe the, the Rebellion and all that stuff. Yeah. If yeah. their interaction ends up being the reason why the Bad Batch maybe fights for the Rebellion a little bit, then, it's, then they're very important characters. So... I thought that was pretty cool. And my money's on it being Ahsoka at the end there. So um, one, Gio, to answer your question real quick about who these who these ladies are, they are sisters. Uh, uh, Rafa, the one in the middle, is the oldest sister. Trace is younger. Um, they were living in the Coruscant underworld of 1313, which is a callback to the video game that got canceled a very yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Um, and Ahsoka, when we first saw her in the Clone Wars Season 7, was essentially just kind of running around on a motorbike she ran into them um, and they ended up going on some missions together uh, in, in season seven for the arc. Um, and so we get to see them back. We didn't see them after they left their arc, uh, but they left off on a better note than we first met them, specifically Rafa. Rafa was in some shady stuff and with Ahsoka and Trace, they kind of like helped her a little bit. And it seems like they're now on a path to essentially being part of the rebellion. Um, right. What makes me think that, and what kind of the guarantee in a moment that is almost it is Ahsoka or Bail is the droid they have R seven, that is ah, from that's true that is from either or excuse me not Bail or Ahsoka Ahsoka or Rex is what I'm thinking because R seven comes from both of them, um, and I personally think it might be Rex 
because oh, okay. at some point the Bad Batch is actually headed to Meat Rex. Um, and the canon junkie, junkie in me is like, well, at this moment in the galaxy, Ahsoka is technically away in her novel during that story. Um, so mm. I don't know how if canonically... They to follow that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... And also, and as big of an Ahsoka fan as I am, I mean, obviously, it's like she's back there all over the place. I don't want to see her this early. I, I do think we probably will see her at some point, but I would much rather it be Bale or Rex. Like, just, just so keep it. So what does the hologram look like to you? It looks like a robe, doesn't it? It does, but it also yeah. looks more of a bulky look than Ahsoka would. But to it me. could be Rex wearing a robe because he's trying to hide. Because everybody exactly. knows, what, like, if they see him, they think he's a clone, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Um, well, you guys have revealed so much in the past five minutes for me. <laughs> um, I was originally going to go with Bail Organa because, I mean, if you think about episode three, Revenge of the Sith, there was a deleted scene. It, sh it showed uh, Padme, Bail, and a few others meeting very early on because they were suspicious about uh, Chancellor Palpatine at the time and what was going on. So they started already creating the roots for the um, rebels. Um, but then I thought about a line in Bad Batch, this uh, previous, this episode we're talking about where um, they tell the ladies, I'm um, sorry, I can't remember their name. Trace and Rafa. Just say the Martez sisters. The Martez sisters, they're told by the Bad Batch, we're different. And their response was, yeah, I've heard that before. And I think they were talking about Rex, obviously, or um, one of the other ones. So based on what we saw, the teaser hologram, it looks more like Bale or Ghana. But it could go, it could go either way. I personally want to see more of uh, Bale or Ghana. In my opinion, so yeah, and in as far as Star Wars canon goes, uh, Bale was the one to essentially kind of lead the charge. Uh, he brought Ahsoka in. Um, mm -hmm. He was the one communicating with with Obi Wan, right? He was the one communicating with Mon Mothma. He was part of it in Rogue One, sending Leia um, on missions and stuff. Exactly. He yeah. he was kind of the you know the. The, the head of the snake, if you will, about how it all kind of went down. And at this point in time, right, the Empire just taken over. It definitely makes sense that he is the one kind of putting out calls um, to people for help or, or having them run on missions. And example, the Martez sisters trying to get a droid for information about the Empire. Maybe they have something on uh, the way that the clones fight or the stormtroopers fight that the rebellions don't know. Uh, it would definitely make sense because Bail Organa was also heavily involved with the likes of the Jedi and and not just a political leader. Um, he was kind of involved in a lot of other things that helps the rebellion in a lot of different ways. Uh, I definitely wouldn't mind it. I just, I, I personally would love to see it be Rex. Um, maybe Rex has a bigger role in the start of the rebellion than we ever realized. Uh, maybe he's kind of like, you know, cause look, he's an ex clone. He's an ex clone. Maybe they realized his chip. He doesn't have a chip. It was removed. He can be a huge asset to us. Um, and maybe that's how he gets the Bad Batch involved and the Bad Batch becomes a part of the rebellion, which would be awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and although we would never see them ever again in like future stories, obviously, because we didn't see them in the OT trilogy or anything yeah. like that. But just to know that they were involved would be really cool. And I feel like Rex is that connecting piece for them. 
Um, but honestly, at this point, it can go any way. It can really go any way because it was just a shoulder. We're, we're talking mm -hmm. about just a shoulder <laughs> is what we're talking about. Yeah, really. So, so all we can really rely on is what we know from the past. And yes. even if, whether it's Bail Organa or somebody else, Mod Mothman, whatever, they they would have met them through Ahsoka, basically. Or at least if they would have came across them as like, we know Ahsoka. Like, either yeah. way, it's connected to Ahsoka. And I kind of agree with you, Jake. You know, we know Ahsoka's your girl. She's your one of your favorite Star Wars characters, if not your favorite. And we love her, but we don't want her oversaturated. She doesn't have to We don't to need her in up. everything. Exactly. We don't need her to pop up in everything. So we already know she knows Ahs they know Ahsoka. So if if it is Bale, we we can assume they met through Ahsoka. So it's all good. It's still an Ahsoka connection. We can have that without seeing her. But another thing that makes me think she's possible, or if not her popping up another Jedi, is obviously the stuff going on with Wrecker. And we've we've talked about that. Is we know something's going on with his chip. Yep. And a way to have that come to the forefront is to see him interact with the Jedi. He's a hundred percent gonna kill a Jedi. Or at least try to attack one. <laughs> Let, let's just get into it. Let, let's get yeah. into Wrecker. So what happens here is over the last couple episodes, we've seen him play with his head a little bit, bonk his head, rubbing his head. It's all where the chip is. This episode, he's sent off by himself to essentially turn something off. And while trying to jump a bridge um, and, and get across an open pathway, he hits his head and he literally says, good soldiers. Mm -hmm. Like yep. it is in, it is in full on, uh, just startup mode. It is officially coming on at some point soon, if not next episode. Um, and it's going to have big implications because one, he's the most powerful of the Bad Batch. He is plain and simple. Uh, he may not be the smartest, but he is without a doubt the most powerful of the Bad Batch. Uh, he's going to have a. They're going to have a very tired, hard time uh, stopping him because he's so big. He's so powerful. He's just kind of a brooding force. Um, what does that mean for not just the Bad Batch, the people in his way? Does that mean that we are going to see a Jedi because a Jedi kind of has to be there for him to kind of almost like start, I guess you could say, um, or is he just like, well, you guys aren't in line with the empire. You're going to be in my way. Essentially. We don't exactly know how it all works. Um, Gio, I'll let you start with this one, man. What, what do you think about the whole record situation? Well, I think one of the best things this episode did was continue building on the tension. Okay. Like he, he didn't say the full thing, but he said good soldiers. And I was like, follow orders come on say it <laughs> but uh he is getting there and it's just more it's going to be more problems for the bad batch i mean you think about it they also failed the mission so it's true sid is going to be like um maybe you guys aren't reliable and then all of a sudden they have a problem there externally and a problem internally um, but th there's, there's no other way to put it. It's going to be uh, bad news bears for them. If, if, and when Wrecker, you know, finally his inhibitor chip, you know, causes him to turn on his squad. I personally think, uh, God, what's his name? The Rambo looking guy, Hunter, um, Hunter. Hunter yeah. Thank you. Yes. I got to get flashcards. Just call him Rambo. Just call him Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> I think he would put up a good fight against um, Wrecker. Um, but 
at the end of it all, I think it'll be Omega and their unique relationship that kind of helps break through. You know, I don't want it to make it sound like it'll be a cliche or something, but I could see it going that way. I agree. I think I think it's yeah. the same thing. I think their relationship is too important to not have that be a moment. Sure. Yeah. Jacob? Yeah, so it's tough because ever since episode one, we've been speculating about the inhibitor chips and how they work. And this is the most we really – I mean, we've got into it in Clone Wars on certain arcs, but we never really – you know, made it just a huge plot storyline in an entire season. And mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. And I, I'm just so curious. Like, I think, I don't think he's going to, you know, cause even when uh, Crosshair was with the team, he never attacked any of them, but he was always opposing them. Like when it came to the missions and things like that, I don't think he's going to attack any of them unless a Jedi comes about and he's trying to attack the Jedi, and then they get in the way. That's probably what's going to happen. Like, even we don't even have to see Ahsoka for that to happen. They can run into Kanan again. They can, uh, which would make sense somehow. Um, it could be another random Jedi that's still alive that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, so, so I could definitely see that. Or it could be something weird. Like, what if they talk to a Jedi over hologram or see a picture of one? I don't know, but. And it kind it's, of just it's a fair point though sets him yeah. off, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see how that all plays out. But I I still think, and we've we've said this almost every episode that it leads to them fixing his chip somehow, and then hope they try to do the same with crosshairs. I think that's what this is all boiling down to. I don't, I don't want to see crosshairs redeemed. I don't. <laughs> no, I think. I said I think they're going to try, <laughs> and I, I think, don't think it's going to go their way. Well, I have a question for both of you. Okay. Pretend – God, what's it? Tarkin, sorry. <laughs> Pretend Tarkin had to choose between Crosshair or Wrecker. Which way would he go? As far as, like, if he had to pick one, like he has enough power in his machine to turn on one inhibitor chip. Does he I, choose Wrecker or Crosshair? I think it depends on how loyal. Which one is more loyal? I don't think it depends yeah. on what their what their skills are. I think it all depends on: Are you going to be loyal to the Empire? What are you going to do for me in the Empire? Yeah. At this point, Crosshair has shown that he will do anything. And even before um, they enhanced his chip, he was like leaning that yeah. way anyway. Yeah. So I think it'll come down to that. Hmm. Well, I agree. It, it will come down to that, and obviously Crosshairs would take the cake for that. But if it did come down to their skill set, I still think it would be Crosshair because I think Crosshair is more of a leader than Wrecker would be. And he wants – remember the scene where uh, they, they're going to shoot those civilians or whatever, and one of the soldiers didn't want to do it. Crosshairs kills him. Like, is Wrecker going to do stuff like that? Maybe not, even if he's following orders. So I think Crosshair is like – more of a tactical leader type and that's maybe more powerful than muscle for Tarkin. Then again, I I don't think any of those replacement soldiers would question if Wrecker gave them an order because he's just <laughs> true, you know, physically imposing. He'd be like the Suge Knight or the you know, big <laughs> guy, the, the tough guy and be like, "Yes, sir, whatever you want. Just don't kill me or eat me." <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I just think they can find muscle somewhere else they can't really find 
what Crosshair's skill set is. You know, obviously there's people that can do what he does, but I just think he fits the Empire more for me. Yeah. I think that's what Tarkin right. likes more than anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so we talked about the Martez sisters. We talked about Wrecker. Um, should we talk about Omega a little bit? Because she yeah, got sure. a little action in this episode. Uh, the beginning of the episode saw Echo and her kind of training with the crossbow. Um, and I, I know there's a technical name out there. I'm going to call it a light bow because it's kind of a light bow. It's called a light bow. Um, but, you know, well, energy bow. Energy, right? we can call it an energy bow. We'll call yeah. it an energy bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's struggling, right? She's young. She's a little weaker. It takes some muscle to get used to. Uh, she actually started off this whole chain of events by shooting the energy bow into the wall that ended up bringing the police droids and everything into the uh, system that they were trying <laughs> to steal the droid head from. Um, but she also goes on this little adventure through the episode. And I wanted to ask specifically, did anything in this episode lean you guys to think one way or another about her possible power slash skill that she may have um, that we've been talking so much about, right? Is it something like Hunter? Is it a combination of all of them? Is it force sensitivity? Uh, did anything change your mind after this new episode, Jacob? Um, yeah, I, well, it's hard to say because they gave us an explanation as to why she was struggling is because her strength, right? So, but her inability to be accurate at in the beginning of the episode, we thought maybe she had a little bit of crosshair in her. I don't really think so anymore. But see, what I'm noticing more and more is her ability to connect with people. And if you notice, every time she meets someone, she connects with them pretty quickly. She did it with Fennec Shan too, right? Like, uh, yeah, like they kind of started to get along and and things like that and then obviously they were they were uh fighting against the sisters in this episode but then she developed a connection with them by the end of the episode she's like you guys should come visit us sometime and not really smart telling or i guess showing them where they are now <laughs> as they pointed out but and i don't know if that's her like she has a unique ability like a power to do that but i think if you have to just point something that's like a strong characteristic of her, it, it would be that for me. But I'm leaning less and less towards like she has the same abilities as one of the one of the other Bad Bash members. Mr. Ramos? Um, well, even though it was done in a subtle way, I'm leaning more towards force sensitivity uh, because... I believe she's told early on in the episode that, you know, you just got to get rid of distractions and focus more. Mm. All of a sudden, near the end, she's gotten rid of distractions and focused more. I mean, it could be because, you know, her adrenaline's running high because, you know, she almost got Toy Story 3'd when she almost <laughs> fell into the fire. That's, I've, I've heard so many people refer to that. As <laughs> really? Oh, yes. Wow. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, that would have um, been a brutal death right there. <laughs> Although it was done in a subtle way, I'm leaning, as far as this episode goes, I totally lean towards uh, Force Sensitivity. Um, just by how quickly she was able to turn around and, you know, firing off crossbow, her energy bow, which was uh, actually pretty cool to see. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I was a 10-year-old kid and I saw, you know, a, a kid able to be able to, you know, stand in the battle and fire use their weapon effectively with other clones surrounded using their weapons as well. I mean, that'd be a pretty cool 
moment for any kid. So, yeah, I think that uh, that weapon has be quickly become one of my favorite weapons in all of Star Wars. Um, I'm a big bow and arrow guy, and like in movies and like general, going to shoot, you know, go to an archery range and stuff. And if I couldn't have a lightsaber, I might pick an energy bow. Be quite honest, pretty just, cool. Like, be out there from a distance, just just like full on Hawkeye mode with an energy mm -hmm. bow in Star Wars. Give it to me. Um, no, I, I, I'm kind of. I'm like split down the middle, to be honest, because yeah, of like the question becomes, right, was she born or was she created? That that's the big question, right? Uh if she was born, maybe the Kaminoans got their hands on her somehow. If she was created, then there's more likely of a chance that she has a skill rather than the force sensitivity. If she was created and actually has the force. That 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 brings up an entire new thing about the force that I don't know if I want to get into personally, um, because that means that you can now manipulate the force rather than you're given this opportunity, this thing, right? You're born with this ability. Um, and that means that the Kaminoans have cracked the code of essentially giving someone the force. Uh, which is very interesting. And I know that that we can talk about it with Ray, but Palpatine had cloned dozens of of clones of himself until he found Rey, um, and Rey had the Force. Uh, I don't know if I want her to have the Force because I don't know what kind of can of worms that opens up into. Uh, it's a very interesting question. You know what what are the Kaminoans doing? Are they dealing? Are they trying to implement the Force into their into their cloning, or did it just so happen that they cloned her? And she has the force. I don't know, uh, but it to me, if I'm looking at it without all of that, I would say I'm leaning fifty-one forty-nine towards it being the force rather than a skill, um, mm. because like Geo said, the the distractions part is heavy Jedi situation. That's like a heavy Jedi, like young Jedi. Very true. Right? And she would technically be able to use the force to like make herself a little bit stronger too, and be able yeah. to hold stay steady with it. You know. She channels I think, it. I think if that if she is force sensitive, I think they they don't know and they did it. Either they tried to do it and they didn't know that it actually worked, or it happened by accident. And so, look, we know eventually they're able to do it with with Snoke. I yeah. mean, they found a way, but do we want it to be this early that they figured it out? You know, the Empire or whoever cloners. So it's tough, but. I mean, it all make what you guys are saying makes sense. I think because what do you say when, you know, well, look at Luke, you know, at, at the end of A New Hope, he cancels out all the distractions, puts the computer away, uses the force to, to hit it, hit it. So it, that's kind of that similar type of, you know, focus there. So it would make sense. But man, that would that would be a big deal, though. So we'll see. It It would be another situation where it's very Grogu and Din situation where there's essentially a mercenary on the run with a force sensitive child. But I don't think even if she does, I don't think she's going to become a Jedi or anything like that. No, no, I don't think so. either. I don't, I don't think yeah. so either. I think it'd be a situation where she's, she's, she's almost like a part of them, but she just has this ability called the force. Yeah. Like, and they, they might not even know. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I think more so than Finn. I, I, Finn, yeah. I don't think personally, and we, this is a whole different debate, but I don't think Finn ever, like learn the ways of the force. I think like, unlike Leia, right? Like Leia tapped into that power. She learned. 
I think I think Finn just had it. What about the I, Lego Christmas special, man? No, it's not canon. It's not canon. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. I mean, look, we have we have what nine episodes left. Um, there's a there's a lot of stuff that we can find out. There's a lot or ten episodes left. Excuse me, there's ten episodes left. There's a, there's a lot of things that could happen in ten episodes with Omega, uh, as far as her abilities and what she's gonna learn over that. Um, all right, before we before we kind of wrap up here, I want to get your guys' favorite moments from this episode. Maybe if it's one, maybe a couple, something that kind of stood out to you a little bit. Uh, Jacob, you look like you knew right off the bat when I asked that question. I'll let Gio <laughs> think a little bit. Jacob, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so regarding Omega, and it happened a few times, actually throughout the series and this episode, I love how brave she is. Like, her being a kid doesn't matter to her. So when she was, I was it... She doesn't know any better. So when she was holding up, I forget which sister she was holding up with the Rafa. Arrow. Rafa. Rafa. So when she was holding up Rafa, she was like, she was like, I got this. Don't worry. Like, and she, I'm like, you're a little kid. And you're like, she's so confident. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. It just so that moment when she was holding her up, even though she was shaking and stuff with her bow, it just showed me how brave she is. And I was like, I was like, Rafa's gonna get out of this somehow. Like it, you could just tell. Of course. Yeah. But the fact that she showed her bravery in that moment, that was probably my favorite moment of the episode. Gio? Yeah, for me, um, and, and there's a few, but if I had to pick one, it was when they turned the droids on and then they found themselves being allies with droids <laughs> versus droids. And just the whole idea of using, you know, droids to kill other droids. I just thought, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty funny. And I think it was uh, tech who said, like, I never thought I'd see myself, you know, working with droids or fighting with droids. And I just thought that was, you know, pretty cool. So I love how uh, the Clone Wars slash Rebels slash now the Bad Batch have <laughs> um, portrayed the droids, specifically um, this. I forget the name of them, the skinny ones. The uh, B, are they the B1 battle droids? B, the battle are? droids. The battle droids. Yeah. The battle droids. Uh, I love how they... they like they just talk to themselves, like, "Oh, what are we doing here?" Like, "Oh, let's shoot some things." Like, they've been very consistent. Their with their, yes, with absolutely. Their personalities. I, yeah. I love the personality. That's the perfect per, uh, way to say that. I love the personality they give them. Um, for me, and like you guys mentioned, there's a lot of moments. That, that moment where Wrecker would come jumping down from like a mile up to fight the police droids was really cool. But my favorite mm. moment was when they were turning on uh, the head to do the droids to 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 fit the droids and the Rafa sisters are talking and one of them says something. And then the other uh, says the exact same thing. And the other one says, is there an echo in here? And echo pops up and said, yes, there is an echo here. I'm echo. <laughs> that was like, hilarious. It's like, he was like waiting. He's been, he's been like waiting for that moment to be there. Right? Like he's just been like, he was like probably across the room and he's like, this is my time to shine. This is my time to shine. They said my name. I, Echo, I'm an Echo. My name is Echo. Oh I, I was goodness. dying. It was so perfectly timed. Um, I enjoyed it so much. And and it just, I love that in these moments, right? These like very drastic kind of almost uh, moments where you don't know if you're going to get out of the situation. They can still pop in these really fun, uh, lighthearted times between these characters that it's the reason why we love them so much especially someone like Echo who has had such a journey um, from when we first met him to now and, and all he's been through and he's still able to kind of do something like that, even if he wasn't meaning to, 
again, going to how they portray these characters and how they create these characters, uh, it's it's really smart on everyone behind the scenes on on how they just kind of develop this whole thing and the timing with the comedy and the action and the seriousness and all that. I love it so much. Yeah, that was a pretty funny moment. I, I kind of forgot about that one, but when it happened, I was I was cracking up too. And uh, it's it was funny too, because the sister was, she was annoyed with her sister. I think she was kind of annoyed with her. Like, why'd you just yeah. repeat the same thing I just said? <laughs> like, is there an echo in here? And he literally runs up and says, yes, I'm right here. It's like, what? <laughs> that, that was funny. Definitely. It was fun. It was fun. Um, all right, gentlemen. Well, any final thoughts on episode six decommissioned before we uh, before we head out for the week? Yeah, I I got two. Um, first, um, as fun as this episode was, I thought this was one of the most sloppiest missions for the Bad Batch. <laughs> like uh, between you know the the girl getting um, sorry she has a name Omega. <laughs> Um, you know, getting into that situation where she had to use her weapon and everything just kind of falling apart um, compared to how we've seen them in earlier episodes uh, function as a squad. Granted, they're incomplete and one of them is having, you know, head issues, uh, mental stuff going on. But I mean, I don't want that to be like taking away from the episode. Um, it was like I said, it was more interesting than I thought it would have been. And um, seeing Sid use that energy bow like nothing. Um, is she a better shot than Crosshair? Because <laughs> she... Different she, weapon. I don't... She said, bam, bam, Maybe bam. with the energy bow? I don't know yeah. with, with a gun like Crosshair has. She must have experience with those weapons. Like they're, I was like, that was a pretty badass. I man. love She's her character. Oh, me I too. I, I do you guys her. think that like she's gonna betray them eventually, or do you think she's good? Like, because um, she's the type of character that might, you know. I think that there's. I think there will be a situation that comes to to light where she doesn't have a choice but to okay. betray them. That makes like, sense. She like likes her, them, but but yeah. for her livelihood, for her own life, for her business. She has to betray You're them right. to be able to move on. She's not going to give up her whole business just to protect them. Like, because she does have sense. something on them, and that's going to come back. Yeah. That will come back. True. Very um, true. Um, Gio, I, I agree with come you. back to the Empire. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Gio, I agree with you that it was a sloppy mission, but I think that was done on purpose. Like, they're replacing Crosshair with a kid. So that is – they're not going to be as efficient as they normally are. Plus, you and Wrecker is kind of going off the edge. Wrecker yeah. struggling, right? So they never should have shot a hole in the in the side and all that stuff. And I kind of like that because if they were just finishing every mission like no problems, then it'd be kind of boring, right? You want to oh, yeah. give them some challenges. But I, I see what you're saying. And they didn't even. What do you guys think about that Hunter giving up the info? Like he didn't even complete the mission. He gave it to them. Um, so what were they, were they going to get paid for that? Yeah. And, and now they just, so he gave up their, their fee basically. Yeah. So interesting. I, there. I think it's, I think it's, it shows the Martez sisters slash whoever they're working for that they can be useful. That's true. And um, it kind of shows that Hunter's like actually a really good guy. I think the whole sure. bad batch. I, th I think, no, they are. And, and a lot of people like, like, I think it was Rafa that said, you know, like Gio had mentioned earlier, Oh, I've heard that before about clones. Mm -hmm. um, they're obviously different. 
They're, they're clearly yeah. different than any other clones that we've seen. And I hope it, I, I really do hope at one point we do these, we do see them like join the rebellion or maybe it's like towards the end of the, however long this series runs where it runs into them being part of it. And that's, that's the end of the bad batch. Like we just know that they were part of it. They did their mm-hmm. missions, right? They were elite group of soldiers who did their thing for the rebellion. Um, because they clearly they have really good intentions. They're just kind of lost in a world like, like Hunter had said in the episode, everything was more clear when we were just soldiers. They're not just mm-hmm. soldiers anymore. They, yeah. they are out in a world where they don't know their place at the moment. Uh, and it's really cool kind of seeing them find their footing. Uh, they're going to mess up missions. They're dealing with a kid. Uh, their chips are going to go off. And, you know, it's it's going to be very cool to see in the next 10 episodes or so. That's for sure. Go ahead. Uh, real quick. Uh, I want to just say I agree with Jacob that I like that Hunter gave the device to the sisters um, because they're at a point now where they could they could use more allies, you know, or or more people, you know, who, you know, are, are in good standing, you know, with them. And, um, you know, just not put all your eggs in one basket, which is Sid, because she kind of I think she's very capable of, you know, doing that, especially we'll learn more this next episode when how she reacts to, oh, they failed. Yep, they're not always a hundred percent. Did I put too much faith into the Bad Batch? So, yeah, we'll know more by next episode. Yeah, it's it's her reputation on the line, right? So someone hired her exactly, for this, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. Sid ha- Sid had them go. So it's it's her livelihood, her reputation, everything on the line. If they fail, that comes back to her, not them. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. We're going to wrap up today. We're going to finish out the Fanny Lord Club right there. Uh, you know, this has been a lot of fun. A great episode of the Bad Batch this week. As I mentioned, we are here every Friday, four o'clock Pacific, um, for the Fandalorian Club, uh, talking Bad Batch as well as every Star Wars show that comes out. Um, at some point, there might be two at once, and we might have to double book, but we'll see what happens. For now, we got ten mm-hmm. more weeks of the Bad Batch, and we're super excited to find out what's going on for the next however long. Uh, so make sure you guys are liking these videos, uh, commenting with your guys' thoughts, of course, subscribing if you have not already. We greatly appreciate all the support. You can also find the show on podcast platform. If you are interested in listening to it on the go, in the car, whatever it may be, uh, a little bit easier. It is available all over podcast platforms that you listen to. Um, And then, of course, our main show is every Tuesday, uh, right here on this channel. Every Tuesday, 7 o'clock Pacific, we're talking movie news. We're playing fun movie games. Uh, We're doing watch-alongs, doing fantasy drafts, all kinds of fun things. It's called Apocalypse Now. Make sure you're checking that out as well. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's that's everything Apocalypse Movies for now. But boys, uh, great job with Bad Batch today. Excited to talk with you guys as always. We'll be back next Friday. Uh, so for Jacob, Mr. Obi-Wan Jacoby down there, for the Grey Goose Jedi himself, Gio Ramos, and me, Qui-Gon Jake, thank you guys so much for joining us. We are the Fanny Lauren Club. We'll catch you guys next week, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>